If you're able, please rise for the call to worship. Come from the city streets. Come from your busy homes and places of business. Come, lay down your sorrows and worries. Let all join in joyful song. Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is Jesus Christ, who comes in the name of the Good morning. It's wonderful to be in the house of the Lord today and to worship the one true and living God on this Palm Sunday. 
I look out and I see all the palm crosses that you have on your uh, coats or jackets and shirts and uh, it's a reminder of what this day is and as the choir brought in the palm fronds and then also we'll talk about that as the children come in just a little bit. A reminder of the, the joyful and triumphant entry into Jerusalem as Jesus celebrated the beginning of that uh, last few days of his earthly life and then the establishment of his kingdom that reigns in the hearts and lives of people today. We're glad that you're here, those who are guests and members alike, and we want to take a moment to welcome you all. We would like to ask that you sign the registration tablet at the end of each pew. If you see one there and you can write your name, uh, that would be a, uh, a great help to us to know who you are. But uh, Southside Baptist Church is a church here in the heart of Five Points, building an inclusive community of grace, first in this community and then beyond. And that means welcoming all who come in and to welcome all in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So we want to pass the peace of Christ now. If you'll take a moment to uh, stand up and greet those close by and to pass the peace of Christ. This is a morning to lift up our heads, to welcome the Savior. Um, we sing songs of praise that celebrate that great entrance, but also we sing songs of praise and understanding that begin a week of contemplation of, of um, suffering, of thoughts of a savior dying and yet coming forth from a grave. We sing these songs with the thought that um, uh, we hope we are not like that rabble that fell away from him uh, during the coming week. May we pray as we enter into worship. We sing hosannas O oh, oh Lord, it is indeed an ancient song that was sung. We celebrate with palms and throwing cloaks on the ground, but we also acknowledge the fact that we are human, that we tend to run away when confronted, give us the strength during this hour to realize that our better selves can, can make a great difference in this world if we will but use your strength, power.
power and grace to effect that change. In the name of the one who came forward and became a lamb for us. Amen. May we stand. first lesson from scripture is found in the Psalter, Psalm 118, verses 1 and 2 and 19 through 29. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Let Israel say his love endures forever. Open for me the gates of righteousness. I will enter and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous may enter. I will give you thanks for you answered me. You have become my salvation. The stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. The Lord has done this and it is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. O Lord, save us. O Lord, grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord, we will bless you. The Lord is God. And he has made his light shine upon us with bows in hand. Join in the festival 
procession up to the horns of the altar. You are my God and I will give you thanks. You are my God and I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Here ends our first lesson from scripture. second reading this morning is Matthew's account of the entry of Jesus into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. There are many things that the gospel writers don't share in common. They don't, for example, tell us all the sayings of Jesus from the cross. They are spread across the four gospels. But every gospel tells us the story of Jesus coming into Jerusalem. It must have been a significant event in the minds of those who wrote these gospels. We're going to read Matthew's account as we find it in Matthew chapter 21 and the first 11 verses. If you're able, in honor of the gospel, will you stand? When they had come near Jerusalem and had reached Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, just say this, the Lord needs them, and he will send them immediately. This took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey and on a colt the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, they put their cloaks on them, and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and that followed were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in a turmoil, asking, who is this? The crowds were saying, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. This is the word of the Lord.
You may be seated. One thing that everyone needs to know is never come to the children's time with a sack or bag that has a hole in it. It can create quite a, almost be like Jerusalem with chaos, with everything falling. But I want to talk to you for just a moment, and we've got such a wonderful, good-looking group of young folks here. I'm glad to see you all. And um, today is a special day in the life of the church. It is Palm Sunday. And Palm Sunday has special meaning, and I've got, I've got to get up and get one other thing, but I'm certainly afraid to let go of what I've got here. Uh, Timothy, hand me, hand me that whole stack over there for me, please. And even those that you made. And the other stack, too. Okay? That's good. Today in Sunday school, they made these palm branches. And, um, and the reason that they don't have them is obviously they're made with some big paint sturdy sticks, which Miss Bonnie thought probably would not be a good idea for them to have in the pew today. So, but this is what they did. So they learned about this in Sunday school, and now we're going to talk a bit more about it, and we're going to do a little bit. I want you to take these. And uh, Ryder, I have a little problem with this thing here. Take this and go walk up the aisle there and give some of those to the people right on the right there in front. And Millicent, would you do that? And take some over to Miss Valerie and those over there. Jack, let's hold on a second, okay? And Abigail, would you take some? And just take them to a few folks up that way, okay? Now, while they're doing that, I'm going to give you all one. I'm just, no, let me just give you one, okay? <clears throat> Jack, you and Martine and Richard have made enough laps around the sanctuary already today. <laughs> I'd give, that, give one of those to Ryan and to Alan and to Miss Jamie. <laughs> all right? Now, when they finish, when Dr. Roxborough read the account of Jesus coming to Jerusalem, I know that you listened to it really closely, didn't you? You heard everything he said. And one of the things that he talked about was that as Jesus came in, that they had a donkey and a small colt, and they put cloaks on, and he rode in, but all the people were doing what? They were shouting, Hosanna. And they were waving their these palms as they went down. They were waving them. And so look out at every... Now that's sort of a, you, you begin to think about it, these are probably bigger than these that we have, these are just strips of that. But they were also shouting Hosanna, so can you shout Hosanna? Loud? Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So the thing was that they were shouting, and no, normally you shout louder than that, Jack. So let's shout, if, just like you were at a ball game, and you were cheering your team on, Henry, uh, as you would say, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You can say it loud, yes. One time, you, it's, the one time it's okay for you to yell at him. Yes. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now, while that is a loud scream, <laughs> rather than a shout, <laughs> but you get the idea that when people came into Jerusalem that day, Things were not, not the same as they normally were. They were there for a big feast day. 
and they were there for celebration, and they shared. And you know, not only is this a day that we're celebrating for a lot of reasons, but it is the, it is the day, is it? Yeah. We celebrate that as being the beginning of Holy Week, and there were just thousands of people there coming in, and they were shouting, many of them were shouting to Jesus. Now, I'm going to let you take those with you if you promise one thing. You don't hit any, each other with them. Now, if you do, Jack, <laughs> your dad, your granddad is going to take them up. He's back there somewhere in the back. He's watching. So we want to um, just take those. And that can be, a rem when you see this this week, take it with you. You've got the Palm Cross, too. Remember that not only is this Palm Cross about Palm Sunday, but it's about things that were different that day. There was a joyous sense of coming into the city, and they were celebrating. And we need to remember that we, too, can celebrate that way about Jesus coming in, not only into the city, but into our hearts. We want to remember that we celebrate that, and we rejoice because he is here within us. Let's offer a prayer, okay? Lord, we thank you for this day and all the, that it means for us, the excitement of Palm Sunday, the joy that it brings, but also the reality of what it means in the days to come. May we welcome you into our hearts. May we rejoice over that. In your name I pray. Amen. join me in prayer this morning through these Sundays of Lent we've been in our intercessory prayers using a, a sung response a tesi response that when I say it three times during the prayer oh Lord in your mercy hear our prayers then we use the prayer response it's on the bulletin this morning oh Lord hear my prayer will you join the choir and sing that response during the intercessory prayers this morning shall we pray True and humble King, hailed by the crowd as the Messiah, grant us the faith to know you and to love you, that we may be found beside you not only on this Palm Sunday day, shouting Hosanna, but during the days of this holy week, on the way to the cross, which is your pathway to glory. We ask you for grace to perceive areas in our lives that need to change, and by prayer and your mercy to overcome them. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Gracious God, we remember that when your son came into Jerusalem, he wept over it 
he longed for your justice, your peace, your mercy to be found within the life of the city. And we pray, Lord of compassion, that you would bless the cities in which we live in, that they may be ordered in justice and in peace. We remember this weekend, not only the pageant of Jesus entering into the city of Jerusalem, but for many people throughout our country and in different parts of the world who stood for peace and for a change within the life of our cities over this weekend. May your mercy bring about the hopes and the longings of all people, especially those of our youth at this time. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. pray for all who are suffering at this time, for those who feel that they have been let down by life, for those whose tears are yet to dry, for those in need of your unending love. We pray for all, including ourselves, who are tempted to give up the way of the cross because of the temptation and pressure in our lives, in our place of work, in our families, or because of the experiences that we have passed through. May we know that in the loneliest of times, beneath the darkest shadows, you are the one who has gone before us and invited us to follow you. Help us to follow you, we pray this morning. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. pray that as your church, your people, we may be a home for all who are seeking you. And we place into your hands, gracious God, those who are especially upon our hearts this morning, whose names we bring before you. We commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ, our Savior, who taught us to pray and to say, our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever.
Apparently March seems to be the time for marches. We've had St. Patrick's Day Parade when everybody, apart from Scots, are Irish on that particular day. <laughs> Although this particular Scot did make roast beef, uh, sorry, um, corned beef and cabbage in celebration of the event. And then yesterday, different parts of the country, indeed in different parts of the world, including Birmingham, we had marches for peace against violence, for gun control. And now, on Palm Sunday, we've got another march. We've got a march of Jesus coming into Jerusalem. As a person who prepares homilies, I'm fairly glad that each of the Gospels, in their own different way, tell the story of Palm Sunday. Uh, otherwise, you run out of text to preach on after four years. As Jesus enters into the city at the beginning of this final week of his life, he gives some instructions to his disciples about how they will find two animals, a donkey and a colt. But the major speaking parts are really for the crowds who welcome him into the city. Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Matthew's gospel always portrays Jesus as, as being in absolute control of everything that's happening to him. Matthew's gospel uses the Hebrew Bible on 60 occasions to tell us that Jesus is the fulfillment of all the law and the prophets have spoken of regarding the coming of Messiah. So Matthew wants us to see that Jesus is in complete control of his circumstances. He is fulfilling his destiny as the one who has been foretold by the prophets. Even when the powers of darkness seem to be taking charge of the events round about him, Matthew indicates otherwise. When Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane, for example, and Judas comes with the soldiers, and everything seems to be in turmoil, and Judas kisses him, Jesus just looks straight into his face, doesn't bat an eyelid, and simply says, friend, do what you're here to do. Jesus is fulfilling his destiny. And part of that destiny is to come in fulfillment of the prophet Zechariah and ride on these animals into the city of Jerusalem. Historians and theologians claim that this parade, not quite a St. Patrick's Day parade, but a parade nonetheless, was one of two which should have taken place in Jerusalem on this day. On the other side of the city, there is another parade taking place. Unlike Jesus' parade, which only happens once, this parade happens year by year. In fact, it may happen on more than one occasion, but the time of Passover is a particular occasion when the Roman centurions, when the Roman governor wants to demonstrate to the people of Jerusalem that they are in charge, that they are the oppressors, that they are those who have life and death in their control. And so, to avoid any trouble during one of the great festival feasts, especially during the Feast of Passover, when the Jewish people were remembering how they were liberated from oppression in Egypt and brought out into freedom, the Romans have a parade, a military parade. You'd almost think that you were in Moscow or in North Korea as you see the Romans parading in on one side of the city, demonstrating that they are the conquerors, that they are in charge. They would ride in, so we're told, on high stately horses, 
dressed in armor of power, carrying weapons of war, proclaiming with every step and every shout that Caesar was king. And everybody was meant to recognize that. We are in control. We are in charge. And yet, on the other side of the city, another parade is taking place. On the east side, the crowd is waiting. Everyone in that crowd, child to adult alike, is fully aware that their lives were in the control, not of Caesar, not of Pilate, but rather of the one true and living God, and that they were welcoming their king into the city. They were staging what we would call a non-violent counter-protest, a movement intent on standing up and staring down the imperial power of Rome. When they threw their cloaks on the road and on the donkeys, they were embodying submission to Jesus, not Caesar. And they were making political and theological statements that Jesus, not Pilate, not Herod, was their real king. They would bring all their adoration to him and they would follow him whatever the cost might be. This background, and you can read about it in a fascinating work the last week by John Dominic Crossan and Marcus Borg, is carefully planned. I've made the mistake, I have to confess as a preacher in the past, of being guilty of suggesting that this crowd would change its tune in a few days' time, and instead of crying, crying Hosanna, would cry crucify. It's a great homiletical ploy, really. But this is a crowd who admires Jesus. Luke, indeed, tells us that they were his disciples. He's very deliberate about saying who it is who cries Hosanna. And so these were people who may not have fully understood everything that was happening, but they were committed to following Jesus as Lord and King. Words of advice that are sometimes given to seminary students as they're going to their first pastoral charges, avoid politics. I suspect if you're coming to Alabama, you've got to avoid using War Eagle or Roll Tide in the wrong context to the wrong people. But this is an event that is political. After all, polis is about the life of the city. It's about the concern for what goes on in God's world. This is a statement of protest that any form of oppression, whether it be Rome or Jerusalem, that any form of oppression which hinders people from enjoying the life of God the Creator and God the Savior is to be opposed. This is a protest that says that Jesus is king, not the kings of this world. Only he can be named as Lord. We do live in two worlds, those of us who are followers of Jesus. We're citizens of one country, but we're also citizens of the kingdom of God. And when the two come into conflict, the choice is clear for Christians. It is to follow Jesus and proclaim him with our hosannas to be our king. What they were saying was remarkable. What they were saying was dangerous, was risky, was bold, but it was planned. Jesus had it all in hand. But like Rosa Parks, she made the intentional choice to stay seated on the bus. Later, when she was asked if she just kept sitting because she was tired, she writes in her story, she says, I was not tired physically, 
or no more tired than I usually was at the end of a working day. I was not old, although some people have an image of me as being old. I was 42. No, the only tired I was was tired of giving in. And the people of Jerusalem are tired of giving in. But they don't know which way to turn. But suddenly Jesus comes with a new message. A message of the kingdom of God breaking in. And so when the crowd are asked at the end of Matthew's account, who is this guy? The crowd say, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. Nazareth. That place that nobody wanted to be associated with. Nazareth in Galilee. The area where more Gentiles lived, perhaps, than Jews. This is Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. But they recognize that in him, he is a deliverer. He is a prophet. He is a king who is changing the way they think about the world in which they live in. So imagine you're in the crowd. Imagine we've staged a Palm Sunday pageant and parade and you're crying, Hosanna, Hosanna, save now, save now. I mean, you were all waving your palm branches earlier on. You were, you were getting into the spirit of things, okay? What are we expecting from this man called Jesus? When we say your kingdom come, as we prayed this morning, as we do every Sunday, when we pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, what are we looking for? It's more than just an inner piety. It's more than just an inner sense that God gives us hope for life in this world and life after death. That's important, but it must be more than that. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There's the establishment of the rule of Jesus, of God, that we long to see in our world. He has told you, O mortal, what is good and what the Lord requires of you, but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. That's not a bad place to start, I think. Now, the, crew, the crowd does not know exactly what's going to happen in the days to come. Even the disciples, although Jesus has told them over and over again, are not fully aware or they haven't accepted that Jesus is going to go to the cross and then rise again. It seems that a few days later, it's all over, that the cry of Hosanna, save us right now, has been a false hope. But it's not, because the one who is king and the one whose other name is love, who would give his very life to bring in his kingdom, is the one who expresses that love in death and resurrection, and love accomplishes what he intended would happen. And so if we've really been captivated by the message of Jesus, the King, then we will go out into our Jerusalem, like the early church, and proclaim the message of the coming of the kingdom of God, and begin to hope that it might occur even in the days in which we live in. Kathy Galloway, who was a former leader of the Iona community in Scotland in a Palm Sunday sermon said this, Palm Sunday is always happening. We're always being confronted with the challenge of that different way of being. The way of peace, the way of justice does not shrink from conflict, but always refuses violence. The way that sees the people who are overlooked and not counted, that is the way of self-offering. 
And so on this rather ambivalent day, this day of Hosanna and children and laughter in the sanctuary, this day when we prepare ourselves for the, the horrendous days at the end of this week, we say, Lord, come. Lord, save us. Lord, bring in your kingdom. So that here and now, the dominance of the power of your love may make a difference and may change the lives of people round about us. One of my favorite Passion Sunday hymns was probably written originally in the ninth century, translated into its modern form in the 19th century. It becomes in the final stanza a prayer for Palm Sunday. To you before your passion, they sang their hymns of praise. To you, now high exalted, our melody we raise. As you receive their praises, accept the prayers we bring, for you delight in goodness, O good and gracious King. Your kingdom come, Lord Jesus. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, who has implanted within our hearts a desire for a better world, a desire for more peace and justice, inclusion, to see the kingdom that you brought actually being established more and more, not only in our lives, in our hearts, in our heads, but in our world. Lord, save. Lord, come. We bless you for your love. Amen. Our hymn of response is a hymn that reminds us that we go into this week of Holy Week to remind ourselves of the cost of all this to our Savior, 180, go to dark Gethsemane.
Let us pray. O Lord, our God, your faithfulness and goodness is beyond our understanding. Just as the people honored Jesus, we want to contribute to your kingdom. It is our privilege to share in your mission in this world and in this congregation. Accept our offerings as a sign of our love and gratitude. Amen.
this Palm Sunday, we do bring these tithes and offerings to you. We ask, Lord, that we might engage in your kingdom's work by using these wisely. We might do so to bring the joy and the hope that comes through knowing you. Amen. Could we see it for just a moment, please? A few announcements that we need to make you aware of, and I, there's actually several here. Um, first, though, let me welcome all of you that are guests, especially those that are guests. We want you to know that we are delighted that you're here, and also that uh, we want to see you again if you're able to be here. We have a little reception there in the narthex with some lemonade and cookies, and we would love to be able to spend a little, few moments with you just to talk to you and find out a little bit about you, too. There are activities this afternoon for two different groups, the Children's Mission Project that's going on, and if you have any questions, I think you need to see who? who? Okay, right down here. And then the uh, Palms and Pizza and the students and young uh, professionals lunch at Little Italy, and if you need to know more about that, if you fit into that group, Stuart or anybody else that's here. Um, but also, um, on Monday, we do not have a deacon's meeting. It was inadvertently added a week later, but we do not have that. Uh, and then Wednesday, we don't have our normal activities because we have special services on Thursday and Friday this week. Thursday, we'll have the Monday Thursday service in Memorial Chapel, and then Friday at 6 p.m., a good Friday service, and you'll want to be here for that. And that will take us to Holy Saturday and an Easter re uh, Sunday or Resurrection Day when we celebrate together the risen Lord. And we're going to gather together for a large Sunday school class. Those who are here gather at 9 o'clock for the gathering where we share fellowship together. And then at 9.30, we'll have our uh, Sunday school class. And Henry Hobson is going to lead that study for us this week. So we're looking forward to that on Sunday. Before we depart, though, I want to make mention of one. You notice that there's someone sitting down front here that we've been praying for for a long time. Miss Kim, I just want to. We've been praying for you for a long time, and it's a joy to see you here today, to know that you're here. Many of you know, as I visited her in the hospital, I came back with reports that I knew that she was going to be okay when that bright countenance returned to her face that uh, we see each week, and we are so delighted you're here. So be be praying for her and uh, Mr. Kim's continued uh, this process of recovery and him being there to help her through each day by day. And then also pray for the rest of our church family, uh, for Valerie and Miss Anderson um, as they uh, continue to mourn the loss of Jim, our church member, our fellow member here, uh, whose service we had, funeral service we had on Thursday. Um, and also Brother Scott. The week has been filled with a lot of activities, and we look forward to this Holy Week being one in which we are able to experience the presence of God, to remember what he has done for us, but also what God allows us to do as a part of being one who follows Christ, who has risen and lives in us day by day. Will you receive the blessing of God as we leave? May grace, mercy, and peace from Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you all now and forevermore. Amen. Amen.